And welcome to Season 2, Episode 35 of Logicast, the AWS News Podcast brought to you by Logicata. I'm Carl Robinson, CEO and co-founder of Logicata, and I'm joined today by my colleague, John. As always, good all. How are you doing today, John? <laughs> oh, can't complain. Can't complain. Got so, again, it's it's one of those funny ones, isn't it? You get into um, the tail end of summer, the weather just kind of t- takes a downturn. And then in Great British tradition, all the DIY that you've been putting off all summer starts getting done. Are you getting sad? Mm, well, I mean, it's, sad as in, yeah, as in sad yeah. lamp. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Not too bad. If you're getting sad, just put the lamp on. <laughs> what I'm, going to, I'm just going to stare at it like this and then I'll have no eyes so I won't be able to see anything that's sad anyway we're not here to talk about John's mental health uh, as you because uh, <laughs> there's the podcast none of before. it left <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast before you'll know that uh, once a week I collate a list of AWS news which I share in my weekly AWS news roundup newsletter and then John and I uh, select a subset of the articles from the newsletter that we'd like to talk about in a little bit more detail so we have got a selection of articles this week, and uh, if you read the newsletter, you'll know that last week was a big week for AI news, so there's been lots of buzz in the press about AI recently, and uh, last week was a big week for uh, AWS AI announcements. And uh, the first one uh, was, of course, Amazon Bedrock uh, being made generally available, so it's come out of preview, um, and it's now been made uh, generally available. Uh, which means that uh, quite a lot of improvements uh, will have been made to Bedrock since it went into the preview or the beta service. Uh, But I suppose we should start, I don't think we've spoken a lot about Bedrock um, on the podcast. So perhaps let's start with the definition, John, of uh, Bedrock, what it is, what it does, and then we can perhaps talk about a few of those improvements um, after it's gone into general availability. That's what you build on top of, isn't it? The Bedrock, which is, I suppose, where the name comes from. Absolutely, yes. So, yeah, the idea behind Amazon Bedrock, not AWS Bedrock, Amazon Bedrock, because they're really inconsistent with the naming, it's a bugbear of mine, is they call it a foundation service. It will run, I think, four um, AI models, not all of them LLMs, but there'll be an LLM and there'll be images and this and that and the other, um, just kind of out of the box, which is great because... much like AWS's other kind of managed AI services, so I'm thinking recognition primarily, not like your SageMaker, more of your, here's an API endpoint. It works very much like an API endpoint. Here's an endpoint, throw some stuff at it, give it some um, give it some data, give it some settings, things like temperature, which in AI terms apparently is how creative you want the AI to be. I didn't know that. There we go. Um, and it will spit some results out. Brilliant. You've used their foundation models. You've not had to train anything. You've not had to spend any GPU cycles or anything like that. And for reference, you use GPUs because it runs on ARM and they're faster. So we like that. Um, And you've just got some really cool looking results. I saw a very limited preview of it. Um, Literally, it was like five minutes um, at an AWS on tour event. And it was only incredibly limited because that event was just before it went GA. And there's a few more on tour events now. And it's after GA. So they'll go into a lot more detail, I imagine. So those of you in Milan, Lyon or Barcelona, go and get to those events because you want to see this. You really you want to see this. Because from the like three minutes I saw, I was quite impressed, even though they showed us functionally nothing. Um, so yeah, that's Bedrock AI as a service. 
baseline service. So they have models that they have pre-trained and run and all the rest of it. And then you can either just use those or build on top of them. And there'll be a marketplace as well for uh, third-party models. So people like uh, Anthropic, um, Hugging Face, which is the best name ever, uh, those sorts of people will be able to offer paid models as well as the ones that kind of come out of the box of course the service isn't free you are going to pay for it i haven't looked at the pricing but i can't imagine it's going to be horrifically expensive at low scale so it's ai via api pretty much pretty much yeah so what's changed then uh, in the release to general availability we don't know because we didn't see the limited preview Oh, we do, if you read the article, so I'll go through the things that changed. <laughs> <laughs> Caught you out there. It's usually you that catches me out. Um, so uh, a couple of, a couple of um, extra models have been included. Um, so, um, and I had that on my screen a moment ago, and it's gone. Uh, but, uh, of course, in order for a, an AWS service to go into GA, it has to be enterprise-ready. Um, so uh, the article talks a little bit about how uh, there's – some compliance now wrapped around uh, Bedrock. Um, so uh, they've made it GDPR compliant. Um, and um, they've also um, integrated it with CloudWatch logging. Um, so you can now log whatever you're doing with Bedrock into CloudWatch logging. Um, and uh, there's a cost control element here, although, again, we're not going to go into pricing, so I don't think either of us fully understand it. Um, but um, they have introduced the ability uh, to use provisioned throughput um, on bedrock so rather than paying for exactly what you use uh, you can pay for some provision throughput up front which is a common model uh, in lots of other aws services as well um so um yeah that's um pretty much all i gleaned from the article about the changes that have been made um to bring it into general availability um anything else you wanted to add there john um, I mean, those are kind of the things that you'd expect them to do, right? Budgets, cost control, logging. You kind of expect those as a day one service. Um, and again, this is not the sort of service that you're going to need things like CloudFormation or Terraform support for because it's an API primarily. That's the big part of it is just interact with it. So it's kind of there. It's provisioned. You just sort of use it. Um, I suppose the only other thing is this is one of the only services, certainly that I can remember, that's had such a lot of noise before it went GA. And obviously there was the appropriate amount of fanfare for it going into GA. But I don't know. I don't know if they tried to get it out before reInvent because they were talking about doing it. They were talking about it back at like the summits and things. Um, and it really felt like they were talking about Bedrock at the summits and before the summits as a way of controlling the narrative on Gen AI and LLMs to an extent. So they kind of got it out a lot faster than they might have wanted to. Because this certainly feels like a service that had chat GPT and all the rest of it not gone completely mad, they'd have saved for reInvent. Yeah. Well, it is AWS's big play uh, in the space. And uh, I, I think probably the reason it hasn't been safe for reInvent is just because there is so much noise in the press at the moment that AWS have to be seen to be to be making moves in the space. And reInvent is still uh, a couple of months away, really. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, uh, that's a long time to wait uh, if other people are stealing competitive advantage. So, um, but that's a nice segue into our second uh, announcement this week um, about uh, AWS and AI, um, and this one is about Amazon taking a four billion minority stake 
uh, in AI safety research startup Anthropic. So, of course, Anthropic Claude um, is one of the uh, the models that's included mm -hmm. with Claude two specifically. Yeah. Um, so uh, Anthropic is the obviously the the organisation that, uh, that built the Claude model, um, and uh, Amazon have taken a a, a pretty hefty uh, stake um, in in the organisation, much like Microsoft did with with OpenAI. Um, so uh, this seems to be the counter move from uh, from Amazon. So what are your thoughts on this one? It's a funny one, right? Because they've taken a minority stake for $4 billion, which is just a stupid amount of money. And then Anthropic, as part of that deal, appear to have said AWS are going to be Anthropic's primary cloud provider. So, you know, left hand and right hand being very aware of what each other's doing. Brilliant. Okay, because AWS aren't going to take a stake in the company and say, yeah, go run it on Google or Microsoft or Alibaba or whoever. You know, it's going to be run it on ours and we won't charge you so much money and kind of all that. Because it fundamentally it works better for them like that, which is good. Um, it does mention AWS Trainium for uh, machine learning, which is their. I think it's specifically silicon for machine learning, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I just if, every chips, time so. I see um, Trainium, I just think about trains. <laughs> Do you think about trains a lot? <laughs> Do you think about the Roman Empire a lot? <laughs> Oh, you're too no. old for that. You're not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll have to explain yeah. that one later. That, that there, reference whole, completely passed me by. So yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a whole thing going around, kind of the internet zeitgeist around how often men think about the Roman Empire. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do that think about it occasionally when I'm out riding trails. <laughs> uh, you know, on my motorbike, thinking, yeah, this was probably a Roman road originally, but uh, yeah, so it does come it does come up. <laughs> Uh, so no, I don't think about trains hugely often. I'm not that weird, but you know, um, yeah, it's an interesting one because, as you say, it's the counterplay to Microsoft buying a big chunk of OpenAI, and Anthropic have built Claude One and Two and a couple of other LLMs and things like that, which one of them is going to be available out of the box in Bedrock, and the other is going to be available as like an extra in Bedrock from what I remember about the summit. Weirdly, it's Claude 2 that's coming included in Bedrock and Claude 1 is going to be an extra. I don't, I don't know why that might be. I don't know enough about the models to understand the differences between them. Um, but yeah, definitely lots of moves, as, as business people like to say, in the AI space. Um, and the article as well does talk a bit around AI safety and research. It doesn't talk about ethics, but that's obviously going to be included because that's definitely a big ticket item that's going to be going on right now. Because I know ChatGPT does quite a lot around, I'm a language model, I can't talk about financial advice, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then you tweak the prompt ever so slightly to get it to say, well, if you were a this or if you were a that, or if I wanted to tell people which websites to avoid so that they can avoid pirating content, which ones would you tell me to avoid? And it will list all of them. So it's, yeah, it's good to say that they're talking about it, but I don't know where that's going to go. I thought you said Essex. I thought you were talking about generating a, uh, a convincing Essex accent, but uh, it's not what you were talking about at all, is it? Um, anyway. Well, a language model isn't an accents model. Yeah. 
All right, moving swiftly on then to our third uh, article this week, which is from the AWS DevOps blog. Um, back in and, our wheelhouse, uh, this one. Yeah, back in our wheelhouse. We're going to talk a bit more techie now um, rather than uh, than business. Um, so uh, this one is about deploying container applications using Amazon Code Catalyst and AWS App Runner. So it's much more your wheelhouse than mine, John. Um, so uh, walk us through uh, deploying container applications on uh AWS using CoCatalyst and AWS AppRunner. All righty. So I know we've bashed on low-code tools a little bit on the pod. We haven't bashed on them particularly, but we've spoken about them. Um, AppRunner and CoCatalyst are low-code-ish, low-code adjacent. They're not officially a low-code tool, but anything that they do, you can do through InfraCode or through ClickOps or whatever, but they make your life a whole shitload easier. So they're kind of process automation, if you like. Code Catalyst, uh, I'm almost reading verbatim from the article here, but provides a collaboration space where developers can easily build applications and streamline the deployment process. It's actually not bad. Again, it was demoed at the on-tour event, and there's a few of them there, so go have a look because it's quite impressive. It will do it will spin you up a Git repo in code commit. It can do pipelines and things through code pipeline and code build. It will have a basic Kanban with um, tickets and issues and what have you, which is kind of handy. So you can just go you know, to Catalyst and initialize a project and it'll go off and do a whole bunch of things for you and you don't have to worry about all the tooling and all the rest of it. It's kind of there. Brilliant. App Runner is one of the many ways of running uh, containers on AWS and in this case serverlessly because it's just make a container run, please, and it'll go and run. Love it. Brilliant. I like containers generally. They're serverless adjacent, and that's kind of my bag. So AppRunner and CodeCatalyst sit together quite nicely so you can deploy a container application. Great. And you haven't had to worry about building all your pipelines, and you probably have to do your Docker files, but you haven't had to worry about your pipelines and where you're going to put your code and all the rest. It's just bang, done, which is kind of handy. Given that this is the DevOps blog, it's not something we can talk about as a brand new service because ne neither of these things are new. It's just a, here's a, a way you can do a, a hello world and here's the pipeline you get automatically and here's the resources and kind of all the rest of it. Definitely worth going and have a look at um, if you're not kind of really integrated into the ecosystem already. If you just want a way of running stuff, definitely worth looking at and giving this a read. Um, like I say, the on-tour event demoed Code Catalyst, not App Runner, but I was incredibly impressed with it because the automated workflows are great out the box. There's drag and drop editing for the workflow, so you get a nice looking pipeline. It'll talk to Code Commit. I think it'll talk to GitHub as well because um, everything seems to want to talk to GitHub and GitLab gets no love anymore, which is sad, but that's the way of things. Um, and then, yeah, push to ECR, and you can run things from ECR in, co in uh, App Runner, and it all kind of works. And everyone, you know, goes home and tastes the rainbow because this is a Skittles advert. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, it is one of these walkthrough type blog posts. So, if you do want to have a go at it, um, it will walk you through step by step deploying a sample application um, in AWS on containers using Code Catalyst and App Runner. So, uh, Check out the article link in the show notes uh, if you want to have a go at that yourself. Um, App Runner is a funny cool. one. I do want to just touch on this again. It's it's absolutely brilliant for getting going and getting running out the box and all the rest of it, and it will scale, but I would not recommend long-term production workload usage for it. I'd look at ECR. I'd look at EKS if you already run Kubernetes, um, if not 
look at ECS, I should say, because that will handle auto-scaling a lot better. It will handle networking a lot better. It will handle multi-container services a lot better. And what I mean by multi-container services, you've got um, one container running a process, another one running logs, a third one deploying something somewhere else, and it'll handle that a lot better than AppRunner will. Um, and I mean, all of these articles use a very basic hello world application. I wouldn't want to run a trading platform or a banking app off of AppRunner. But for your, your basic, you know, I want to run this thing here, it's quite good for that. So low low traffic, low volume apps, maybe MVPs, that kind of thing. Yeah, it, feel, it feels um, geared to that. Like most low-ish code um, services are quite good for low, uh, for good for uh, good for MVPs and and POCs and that kind of thing. Getting the acronyms in today, getting heavy on the acronyms. <laughs> it's been a it's while. Tripping up on the acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's move on from App Runner um, and let's talk about training. Um, so our next article is from the uh, not trains, John. Don't get too excited. <laughs> Tra- training. Not trainium. Um, yeah. no, no, training. Uh, with a G on the end. Um, So uh, our next article is from the AWS training and certification blog, uh, and it's called Conquering a Mountain, Five Tips to Pass AWS Certified Solutions Architect Professional, Uh, which, of course, I did. I wore this T-shirt especially. Um, So... For the I've listeners you're just that aren't watching the video, he's wearing his AWS certified T-shirt, which he spent an embarrassing amount of money to get shipped from America because they don't ship to the UK by default. Yeah, I don't know why the AWS certified store will only ship to the US. Um, you can't even these... find it anymore if you're not. No, I think States. it's gone. I think it's yeah. gone actually. I don't. I don't know if they've just hidden it behind uh, uh, some geo filtering or, but it, it doesn't even show up in the uh, in the AWS certified. Um, benefits thing. benefits yeah. section anymore so maybe it's no longer a thing um, but actually the the fulfillment company that sent out my lovely aws certified polo shirt is the same fulfillment company that sends out all the other aws aws swag globally so i don't know why they never figured out how to send this stuff globally but anyway we're not really cost. here to talk about I the uh, cost, this, but yeah it, well yeah but it, you had to buy the shipping stuff. this wasn't free mm. whereas all the other stuff you don't actually pay for aws pay for it so uh, you know community builder swag and usually leader swag etc they pay the shipping on that whereas this stuff you're actually buying it yourself so yeah uh, carl spent anyway. an embarrassing amount of money to get a t-shirt or a it's a nice shirt. t-shirt though yeah it's a nice it's a nice polo shirt um anyway we're not here to talk about the swag side of it we're here to talk about uh <laughs> tips to pass aws certified solutions architect professional it's a it's a little bit cheesy this article because it's using a mountain climbing analogy uh, to how to prepare for your uh, AWS certified solutions architect professional exam. Um, but yeah, you know, some people like analogies. In fact, I do use analogies. I was using a mountain climbing allergy, uh, allergy, uh, analogy uh, earlier today to myself to explain definitely. Um, but uh, the, the article obviously goes on to give you five tips to passing the solutions architect professional exam. And of course, it is on the AWS blog. So a lot of it is use all the AWS stuff, um, which, of course, a lot of the AWS stuff is good and is free, but it's not the only way uh, to go about preparing for your AWS Certified Solutions Architect professional exam. Uh, but let's take a look at the, the the tips that are in the article, and then let's see if I can add some more to that. Um, so uh, first place to start is the... Uh, Uh, Solutions Architect Professional Exam Guide. So uh, I would definitely recommend whatever exam you are studying for, read the exam guide. Um, It's pretty short, pretty easy read, uh, but it tells you what to expect. 
<laughs> how the exam is scored and that kind of thing. That's um, absolutely so, key because I took a number of AWS yeah. exams. I've not done this one, but I've done the other pro one and a number of associates. One of the things I didn't realize is not every question is scored. So, but, but you don't know which ones are not. No, admittedly, <laughs> but yeah, somehow yeah. it made me feel a lot better about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you really mess that one up, maybe it's going to be one of the ones that isn't scored. Um, but yeah, definitely the exam place is a the sorry the exam guide is a great place to start. Um, then it goes on to uh, talk about gearing up for success with the proper equipment uh, and suggests that you leverage AWS Skill Builder, uh, which uh, can be done for free. Um, so there is some free training on the Skills Builder. There's uh, 600 plus free on-demand courses uh, with exam prep, learning plans, and digital badges. We've spoken about digital badges, not badgers, before um, on the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, but in this article, uh, this is where I started to take a little bit of kind of like, mm, it's a bit of an AWS sales pitch because it says become a Skills Builder subscriber, which I think is 30 bucks a month. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but a bit like a gym membership. If you stop using it, then you're going to be paying 30 bucks a month for nothing. Um, so uh, if you're going to use Skills Builder um, and you switch that on, then remember to switch it off when you stop using it, because otherwise, you know, that's $360 a year uh, that's going to be going off your credit card, uh, which is very easy to forget about um, and uh, build up into uh, quite a significant amount. But, you know, there's some good stuff on there. Um, I didn't realize there is now an AWS Cloud Quest Solutions Architect uh, role-playing game. Uh, so that's obviously moved on um, from the uh, just the cloud practitioner. Um, and uh, then, of course, there's other things like the, uh, the Builder Labs. Um, so one great way to cement learning is to actually do things in labs rather than just listening to death by PowerPoint over and over again. Um, get your hands dirty, um, get involved in some labs, build things, destroy them, uh, build them again uh, until you uh, know how to do it. And that's absolutely key as well if it's not your day job right i don't do huge amounts of labs for training but i do this every day i you know i work with cloud resources hence when i was doing the devops one it was kind of i reckon i can cheese it and just kind of do the training to bridge the gaps on things that i don't use because no one uses chef so who uses ops works um but we <laughs> <laughs> couldn't use a chef anymore really but that's by the by 90% of what's in that exam I do on a daily basis so I didn't need the labs but if you're less of a technical person you're more sales aligned or, or whatever um, then it's definitely worth making sure you do those as well. Yeah, the labs are absolutely uh, great for me because I'm not using AWS day in, day out because I'm more on the commercial side of the business. So, um, yeah, they were they were really helped to cement my learning. Um, and then, of course, uh, other things in Skill Builder, you've got uh, uh, AWS Jam Journeys and uh, official practice exams. We'll talk a little bit more about practice exams in a minute. Um, so uh, the third tip um, is about... Um, uh, exam prep enhanced course, AWS Solutions Architect Professional. Um, so uh, that's a, a specific uh, AWS delivered course, uh, which includes everything that the standard version does, uh, takes things further by incorporating hands-on practice, which we've just been talking about. Um, and uh, of course, you don't have to just use the training materials. Uh, you can go and read all of the AWS documentation um, and uh, white papers about the services. Uh, the AWS documentation is excellent and it's a great place to learn uh, what's going on inside those services. Um, the fourth tip was about um, uh, exam rehearsals. So I mentioned that there are practice exams available within Skills Builder, but there are 
also other places outside of AWS that you can get practice exams, places like Wiz Labs and Tutorials Dojo that I've used. They're less accurate than they used to be, I think, but they're still definitely worth doing. The external ones. Yeah. yeah. One thing I would say about practice exams is I have passed AWS Solutions Architect associate, uh, Professional as well as Associate. Um, never passed a Solutions Architect Professional practice exam before taking the actual exam. Um, so don't be discouraged. Um, but uh, certainly if you can pass a practice exam, then you shouldn't have a problem with the real thing. Um, but uh, I never managed to pass a practice exam. I'd booked the exam. I'd deferred it twice. I was going to lose out on my exam voucher, so I went and sat it, and I passed. Woohoo! Um, so, uh, you know, rehearsal definitely helps. Um, and then the final tip uh, is just about uh, collaborating and networking, getting involved in the community. Um, so obviously, John and I are part of the AWS Community Builders Program. Uh, we also run um, an AWS user group uh, in Brighton in the UK. Um, so uh, there are people that you can speak with and events that you can go to, uh, to to learn more about AWS, either just through speaking with other people, uh, other builders who are building on AWS, or by listening to talks, or by uh, actually getting involved in the community yourself, writing blog posts, uh, producing YouTube videos, etc., about your learning. Being a guest on this podcast. Um, being a guest on the podcast is always a great place to start. <laughs> We've launched many uh, a community builder career. Uh, advance them on to the hero program uh, by coming <laughs> on the podcast. Um, so uh, yeah, great, great uh, opportunities to get out there and collaborate. Doesn't cost anything other than your time. Um, so yeah, those are the tips in the article. Um, I think I did kind of interweave uh, some of my own tips, but yeah. there are uh, external courses um, that you can get from Udemy um, with uh, or a Cloud Guru. So I've used Cloud Guru training before. Um, I've used Udemy training before. So shop around and just find what works for you because sometimes it's about the instructor. Um, you know, sometimes about the way the content is delivered, you know, no one course is necessarily going to work for every individual. Um, so, uh, you know, find a course, find an instructor that works for you uh, is what I would suggest. It's worth saying as well that all of these tips that we've given here and, and in the article apply to kind of every exam um, in AWS, at least. Um, I mean, I particularly like the tagline for the first one, building cognitive stamina, because when I did the DevOps Pro one, that was the biggest issue I found. It wasn't the content. It wasn't my knowledge. It was just how long you're in an exam room for and how much you have to concentrate. Because like anything else, the brain is a muscle. It's not a muscle. It's, it's a brain. But you have to train your concentration. So that's definitely yeah. something to be, be aware of. Absolutely. And what we kind of glossed over in that first tip was uh, about scheduling study time, sticking to it, just getting into the routine of taking time out each day, whether, you know, whatever time of day works best for you for learning. But set the time aside and uh, stick to the sessions and just get into that uh, process of learning um, to, uh, you know, get your brain in gear. So, um, on to our final article of this week, and uh, this one is about new courses and certification updates of AWS training and certification in September 23. And I did read this uh, article yesterday, and there are loads, so we can't go <laughs> through them all. Um, so, uh, but it's you know, it's fantastic to see how much new stuff there actually is uh, in their AWS training and certification. Um, but uh, maybe let's just pick on some highlights. So, is there anything that jumped out for you, John? There's a new associate exam that's just come out into beta data engineer which i thought was cool because mm. big data is a specialty and now there's an associate level one and there hasn't been a new associate exam i think ever since like the the, the original three so that's quite interesting so that gold jacket has just become harder to obtain 
14 I mean, exam or 13 is it now you got to do it's 12 yeah it? i mean the gold jacket is incredibly hard to get hold of anyway because you have to work for either a particular type of aws partner or aws themselves and then if you don't work for aws you have to be an ambassador ambassador which means you have to hold two pro certs but you have to hold all the certs anyway and then you have to go to the ambassador summit and actively hold all the certs at the same time so it's just yeah one extra exam doesn't make that much harder because quite frankly the exams aren't the hard bit i think of that yeah fair enough fair enough um nice to see a new associate exam because the only way previously to kind of demonstrate competence in the data space was to go and do a big data specialty exam and specialty exams uh are on the same tier as pro exams they're hard um i'm not saying that this isn't hard because data is tricky but it's nice to see a a lower level exam coming into the sphere yeah uh, lots of new labs, I noticed. So we were talking about labs last week when we were talking about practical things we can do in our user group. Um, new AI lab, building a uh, question answering bot using generative AI, of course, very topical um, for what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. Um, but uh, some other ones as well, EC2 instance right-sizing lab, um, becoming a 10x developer using Code Whisperer, so how to accelerate Christ, your development that, um, using I hate 10x. Yeah. yeah, I'm a 10x developer. You're a moron. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> it has been kind of overused in marketing circles. 10x your business, 10x your development, 10x your learning. Yeah, it's been a kind it's of the worst death, one is whenever really, you but, see it on a on a recruitment ad or whatever. We we only employ 10x developers. So <laughs> what? You only employ people that are so far up their own orifices that they can see <laughs> out their own mouths. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> I'll be a 1x dev any day of the week. Thanks. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, what else have we got? I on worked here? very got... hard not to swear in that. I worked very hard. I know hard. you did. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to move on before you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We've got some more free training on Skill Builder. Um, so uh, some of it industry specific. Uh, there's, a, there's a new course on uh, deploying applications with Beanstalk, uh, how to automate infrastructure, EC2 infrastructure, uh, getting started with Inspector. So loads of good stuff there. If you want to read about everything new uh, in the world of uh, AWS training certification in September 2023, then check out the link in the show notes for that article. Uh, but I think we've picked out the highlights there, uh, which brings us neatly to the end of our time this week for season two, episode 35 of Logicast. Uh, so well done, John, for getting through that 30 minutes without swearing, um, uh, especially as you're suffering from uh, seasonal affective disorder. But uh, at least you have the cure on your desk. So uh. No, I have the cure on the bench behind me. Ah, yes, yes. Well, you can go and, yes, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But uh, as I say, that brings us uh, neatly to the end of our time for, for this week. Uh, yeah, we'll leave that to your imagination. Uh, so uh, thank you for listening um, as always if you enjoyed the podcast uh, tell your friends if you didn't enjoy us let us know tell your friends um, anyway you, can, yeah. but, you know lie to them yeah you can download us um, wherever you get your podcasts uh, and if you'd like to see us while you're listening to us uh, we are live on YouTube and we also distribute the podcast via videos so uh, check us out like subscribe we'll see you again next time with another episode of Logicast thanks for listening